I made a comment earlier tonight that uh, I guess uh, went out over the air that I am deeply ashamed of. If I have hurt anyone out there, I can't tell you how much I say from the bottom of my heart, I'm so very, very sorry. I pride myself and think of myself as a, a man of faith, as there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. Play ball! Yeah! Ciao, Fudge Packers. Welcome to Pure Boys Podcast. I'm Adam, and you're in. And I am Steve, and I just want to pray to all of you that you have a great baseball summer and spring training. Me too. Week three of spring training. We're almost ready for the big leagues, I think. Almost, but not quite yet. Uh, we got to get rolling. We got to get our pitchers warmed up. We got to get our batters juiced up. Oh, yeah. We got to get our batters so juiced up they die in the shower. That's how juiced we want them. Yeah, in their mid-40s. <laughs> the prime age for a baseball player. Hey, who's... To die in the shower, <laughs> well, for yeah, sure. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's no dying in baseball, they say. That's a famous line. No, there truly isn't. No, definitely not. Hey, you're a, a baseball stud. Uh, who who's the oldest baseball player who like played? But like, who was cur- like who? Yeah, do you know? Understand what I mean? The oldest player who was actively playing at the time. Do you know? I think I looked this up recently, and a lot of like uh, starting pitchers uh, don't get their good stuff until like their early thirties, okay. uh, late twenties. Um, so they pitch for a while and then they become relievers and closers, which only pitch one inning once in a while. So you can go a long time if you have like a, a casual throw and like just have a lot of curve. So I think like the oldest player in the MLB was around like 50. Oh my God. That's like, I feel like I could hit a home run off a 50 year old pitcher. That guy would walked out there with a walker every week. Not a man that grew up on a farm in Midwest uh, USA and just made of gristle, though. (laughs) That's true. Yeah, his heart was made of gristle. He pitched his last game and then died of a heart attack at age 51. He did just the right amount of cocaine to stay, you know, lucid (laughs) during his 30s. Didn't overdo it. No, no, no. But certainly had a young heart attack. Of course, yeah. And rightfully so. Uh, That's because this week we're talking about... 1992's A League of Their Own, a movie with church scenes and praying, so technically it counts for this uh, series that we're doing. Lots of lots of pl- prayer. I was actually surprised of the church scenes because they kind of come out of nowhere. And they kind of don't make any sense. I don't know why. Well, I guess to, be, to keep the women pure, they send them to church. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll get into all of that when we get to the to the movie talk. But first, we have to do the pure boys prayer. So put your hands together. God, God bless, bless our podcast. God, God bless, bless all podcasts. podcasts. We, we love, love you. Amen. Play ball. Does yeah, anyone we ever- really tighten the screws on that one. Uh, yeah, yeah. I closed my eyes so I didn't have to look at you and I could just, like, vibe off of it. And it really helped, I think. Yeah, and I, I got to not wait for you waiting for me waiting for you. I just got to go for it because I'm on the delay. That's right. You're on quite a delay. Uh, I have to edit every episode to take out the gaps <laughs> between when I finish talking and when you start talking. Otherwise, it sounds uh, bad, like the first, I don't know, 45 episodes of our show when I didn't edit them. Yeah, first 75 episodes that we did, for sure. Exactly, yeah. Got to tighten up those screws. So, uh, Steve, 
have you have had you seen uh, League of Their Own before we watched it today? Yes, uh, I've seen it uh, mainly through my TBS uh, years as a child. Probably watched it a couple of times. And this summer, I saw like 15 minute honks uh, on the MLB network uh, a bunch of times. Nice, right? So I guess when the season, when the when the lockout was happening, they were just playing old baseball movies instead. Going like this will get your fix, you junkies. Yeah. Um, what's the Curve movie with Justin Timberlake? Um, Trouble with the Curve. <laughs> sure, I. Sure. Damn, we should have done that movie. Well, um, we didn't, and nope. we can uh, wait for next spring training to really uh, sit in the glory of that movie. I mean, Trouble with the Curve is the best uh, title for any movie ever, uh, other than Under the Tuscan Sun, of course. Well, I don't know. I'm a fan of Fever Pitch. I think that's a good one, too. The Jimmy Fallon, yeah, very more romantic comedy about baseball, yeah. They almost went with uh, Fever to Pitch. But, Ooh, but too much of a mouthful. It was hard to people. It just sounded like they were saying fever pitch. They went, you know what? Just knock the ED off, and that's fine. <laughs> Jeez, talk about yeah. things my wife says to me. And Drew Barrymore couldn't say that line, so she couldn't say the title. They had to change it. Of course, and like all good movies, that title is said in that movie several times. <laughs> this is a get real, me the fever pitch. This is a real fevered pitch. That makes sense. Like after a hot bowl of spaghetti. Yeah, oh, by made by Betty. Yeah. Oh, this is a fevered pitch. <laughs> oh, I got a fevered pitch. They, you know, they love stuff like that in the in the old ball game. Yeah, it, they say it all the time. The audience says it. Uh, the crowd. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes people say things that I guess come out on the air, and uh, they feel deeply ashamed of them. And uh, yeah, you know, but those men think of themselves as as men of faith, so it's fine. It's all good. All's forgiven. Well, Jesus certainly forgives, and He forgives all, no matter what, That's which true. we learn all the time. Because we want to get, we want to get the crumbs off the table. We want to get those pieces of crap that are out there in society doing heinous things. We want those people in the church. Of course, yeah, because Jesus forgives, but I don't, and that's just the <laughs> law of the land. Steve, the I have a very important question for you, and of course, that is... Whomst was the Roberto Alomar, uh, full count? You got there, you did it. <laughs> well... As we know, Roberto Alomar has gone through quite the controversy over the past couple of years. We don't know that. He's been disgraced as a human being. <laughs> you know that. I don't know that. <laughs> so, of course, we all know that. <laughs> so, I would have to say the uh, Roberto Alomar of full count was, of course, Jason London for dying of a heart attack. Nice. Now, Adam, oops, do you think was the Roberto Alomar of full count. Well, first of all, thanks so much, Steve, for asking. Uh, when we started this, I did not know about Roberto Alomar's sordid history. I he just, did. He was just a name that I knew from baseball. And uh, so I'm happy to, to find out that he has been me too'd and is a creep and possibly a pedophile and whatever else you'll explain to me later. Uh, but to me... The Roberto Alomar of full count, in that case, with that knowledge, was of course the deputy sheriff 
who framed a man for murdering a, a woman with his truck and beat a boy half to death with his nightstick. Just a real smear on the on the world and just a real shame. It's a good thing his bloodline has been ended and that family tree is toast because the uh, world's better off without him. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Old ball Bald game. Game. <laughs> I don't know why I saluted when I did that, but it seemed like the right thing uh, to do. America, baby. America, baby. This is America's sport, baby. This uh, sport certainly didn't happen in Canada. No. Boo. Montreal Expos, boo. Get out of the league. Great logo, though. Sure. What is it? Uh, it's like a couple of swoops. Oh, I don't think you're allowed to use that term anymore. I don't think you're allowed to call people swoops anymore. Who who are the swoops that I'm not supposed to name? It's time for... The Kevin Sorbo Tweet of the Week. All right, Kevin, you're political as always, and we love it. We eat it up with a spoon. But uh, this is it- not a political podcast. Let's just make that very clear. No, but uh, Mr. Sobo is a political man, and he has a right to say whatever he wants. Uh, He certainly doesn't have a left to say whatever he wants, I'll tell you that much. (laughs) Biting. Biting humor. (laughs) Now, this happened at 12.26 p.m. A lot of new dumps, man. Like, get up a little earlier in the day and get yourself clear. Well, This This is getting ridiculous. He wakes up, he takes his first dump of the day. It's the size of rabbit turds. He drinks his Metamucil. That gets things moving at that point, right? So then by around 12, things are really flowing, and he's ready to clear out and enjoy the delicious lunch that Sam has made for him. Not to mention, I'm the one picking these tweets. He has other tweets that I could pick. His best stuff, I guess, is just coming out around noon uh, 26 on April 11th, 2022. Mm. Kevin tweets, the last four letters in America, dot, 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 dot. I can. The last four letters in Republican, dot, 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 dot. I can. The last four letters in Democrats, rats. There were dots between that, by the way. <laughs> okay. Um, end of lesson, exclamation point, dot, dot, dot. Test to follow November 2022. Wow. Really good, Kevin. That's that's some high-level thinking from him. Yeah, it's almost poetry. Like, it's, it's just got a pentameter to it that... Uh, Fits the art of song. It's Shakespearean in a way. Yeah. He, it, he knows how to use words to his advantage to entertain the reader. Of course. It's like when someone goes like, hey, 1776 plus 9-11 plus uh, Joe Biden's birthday plus the temperature outside divided by two equals 2022. Is that a coincidence? I don't think so. It means that he's taking over America. Blah, 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 blah. It's it's beautiful. It also it's high level thinking. It also equals nine eleven. Well, of course, uh, as all numbers do. Exactly. You take any number and you add it together and then divide it by anything, and you're going to get nine eleven. That's just a fact. It's a fact of life. Read it and weep, losers. <laughs> yeah, losers. Shut up. Yeah, shut up. Not enough shut ups in this world. No, certainly not in this podcast. We love telling everybody to shut up, so we want you to tell people to shut up. That's right. Yeah, spread the good word. Shut up. 
It's the least you <laughs> can do. Shut up for America. You know, shut up for our troops. <laughs> shut up for all of that. Shut up for yourselves. That's right. You shut up for me. You shut up for yourself. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh-oh, it's time for everyone's favorite segment of the week, the <laughs> coffee cup pour. Let's hear it. Now, now th why this is entertaining to you is because I could burn my crotch and never be able to bear children. So listen to the pour with excitement. Here we go. Oh, I stumbled at the beginning, but no drop. Wow, perfect. Uh, I hope there's a payoff to this bit. We can't even put music under it because it's so quiet otherwise. We have to, it has to be perfectly silent in order to hear that pour. Is there a payoff? We'll see. We'll see. We'll see in nine months, I guess. Yeah, we'll see in nine months. <laughs> because after every recording, he fricks his wife and, and obviously busts inside of her because they're married and it's his right and you know we'll see what happens well i'll live record the birth of for the listener for sure mm. live record the bust which bust the, the baby coming out of the vagina or no no, no the one that makes the baby <laughs> okay i i think a bust differently now that i'm a married man of course yeah of course well there's only one bust you think about and that's your wife's yes uh baby coming out of her vagina Exactly, yes. Beautiful. The miracle of birth. Beautiful. <laughs> I love that it's like the miracle of birth, and yet less than 100 years ago, a lot of women just died when it was happening. Oh, what a miracle. We love it. There's a scene on The Leftovers where this, like, Neanderthal lady is in a lake just, like, pushing out a baby, and it's very visceral, and it's just, like, a real sight to see and to think that birds were done like that for a long time. And oh. some of them would just die yeah. in the lake. Yeah, just drowned. Why not? Your first Ooh. your first breath is a breath of fresh water. Well, now I get why Christians think it's all fake, because that seems dumb. Yeah, of course, right? It's all just, it's all a prank by the devil to trick you into loving the devil. Oh, it's a prank. When it's I was, a German prank. When I was in Catholic high school, they showed us, like, a video in health class of, like, a woman giving birth. And it was disgusting as a teenager. We were all, like, horrified by it. Uh, and then later on, the ne like, the next class, I had a math test that I did not prepare for. And I told the teacher that I was feeling sick from watching the birth video and that I needed to be excused. And then they let me write the test, like, the next day. And so I got to study for it. And I don't remember how I did, but let's just say I got 100 on it. You definitely got a hundred. Do you think you were more disgusted because going in, obviously you were super horny of seeing a woman's vagina and then they just like ripped that apart for you? Yeah. And it was just, there was so much bush. <laughs> it was the seventies video. Yeah. It was mostly the bush. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The biggest bushes were in the seventies. They loved bush etiquette. Oh yeah. Everyone had Afro picks and they were just picking them out. That's why they made pants so big around the waist in the 70s. Of course, yeah. I needed room for all that bush. I honestly wonder how it feels to have, like, just the hugest bush in the world and try to put on jeans. Wouldn't that be disgusting? Yeah, it's probably warm. Like, you're probably nice and warm in this in the, like, wintertime. <laughs> well, and dangerous, though, too, which is nuts to have a little bit of danger in your life. Of course, yeah. Who doesn't? That's the spice of life, you know? How <laughs> yeah. much bush you got. <laughs> those zippers, man. Oh. Uh, I could see why they went with, uh, you know, buttons in those days. Of course, because, you know, maybe a little bit will peek through. Yeah. What about the bush, Mr. Gene Man? <laughs> 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 
these buttons are for Bush. That's what they would always. <laughs> that was the ad campaign for Levi's. Yeah, Levi's was smart back then. Back then. Yeah, now, no way. Not a chance. Stupid idiots run Levi's now. They're, they're like, oh, we want our models clean, shaven, smooth, like a child. That's what we want. <laughs> they go, can you can you take the like a child out of the ad read so we don't have to say that? And they go, no, 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 that's important to the Levi's brand. But they're wearing jeans. Why do we want them to talk what's underneath at all? <laughs> because that's the thrill of jeans is what's underneath. And I think we all know the underwear's doing most of the work of course and of course we know that roberto alomar is the head of levi's advertising <laughs> he definitely was in the 80s and 90s and 2000 <laughs> well and yeah modern day of course yeah yeah of course <laughs> right up until the me too <laughs> well, what happened give us the rundown of roberto alomar's public shaming what happened you seem to know a lot about it you seem very invested in it i don't know much about it but i know i i'm pretty sure he was working for the blue jays that's at the time as like an executive and then a lady came out and said hey no 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 naughty business when he was playing oh no and uh, that's about all i know robert oh oh what a shame well he has a cool name but not a cool wang i know definitely not hey robert oh enjoy hell i guess but hey well we're still gonna check in with you next week i think the baseball players of the world probably have the most beat up junk well, that's the beauty of a baseball player, though, is you grow yeah. that bush out, and then when you're sliding into home, you've got a little cushion for your business. Mm-hmm. A little character for your wanginer. Exactly. A little hat on your dick. I don't know. <laughs> hat, dick, hat, dick, hat, dick. <laughs> uh, real quick, before we get into the movie, if, if you follow us on Twitter... You've pro- you probably saw that I posted a picture of a clown painting that I bought for my studio... And uh, I bought that painting in secret from my wife because I knew that she did not want me to have it. I'd shown it to her in the past, and she was like, do not buy that. But, Mm -hmm. you know, fortune favors the bold. And uh, one night when she was out with friends, I snuck out and bought it uh, because I'm a brave man. And uh, and it it stayed hidden in my studio for several days. And one day she came in to say hi to me, to, like, check in and say hi. And she saw it, and her response was, what the fuck? is that doing in here <laughs> and it was a beautiful moment between husband and wife did you uh yell at her or like stand up without like your junk no i, I mean i honked her nose and it made like a sound so <laughs> it was all's well that ends well yeah you gotta play send in the clowns as loud as possible yeah i scream and, uh, it scream it yeah. at the top of my lungs so how does she feel now? Has she calmed down as a female? No, she will never step foot in my studio again. Mission <laughs> accomplished. What about if she has her friends with her? No, they would hate it even more. They would lynch me if they saw that. If all of them, they w- more than one person could gang up on me, and then I'm losing my clown painting. They're not Nazi clowns. Get that out of your head, listeners. No, they're, it's, I mean, technically it's, I think it's just one clown and several different emotions displayed by one clown, including a very saucy one on the bottom right that's kind of like, hey, are you trying to get laid tonight by this clown? And I'm like, <laughs> well, not really. <laughs> kind of, I don't know. I'm, I'm open to it. We'll see. We're very open to it. We want to bring clowns back. We want to put them on a pedestal again. And we want them at children's birthday parties. I want to climb into the back seat of that clown car and just be made a man. Much like the child in this movie. Uh, that exact thing. Well, some people want to climb mountains. We want to climb a clown. Oh, beautiful. Couldn't have put it any better myself. <laughs> 
<laughs> this week, we're talking about 1992's A League of Their Own, a movie that I had never seen up until today, and uh, as I was watching it, why have I never seen this movie? It is awesome. It's great. It's legitimately great. I don't know how we're, I don't know how this episode's going to go, because I, I like this movie quite a bit. Yeah, and there's, I mean, we'll talk about uh, overarching stuff and scenes that happen, but there's so many lines that you could just write down and say back to the listener because it, it's just a really fun movie about baseball. However, when it does open off, up, there is a softball scene, and Boo. I was like, what? What is happening here? I thought I thought these ladies were playing fast ball. I was furious. I almost shut it off because you 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 suggested this movie. We were going to watch a Kirk Cameron religious movie, and then you suggested, "Why don't we do League of Their Own?" And I said, "Okay, sure, why not? I don't care." And uh, but as soon as it started, and we saw softball. I I I had taken my headphones off, and I was dialing your number in my phone, getting ready to scream at you. And then the yeah. softball ended, and a real sport began, and I was oh oh so grateful. I'm glad that they never returned to softball, and it is just, like, one scene or one, like, ending of a game. Yeah, but it was enough to make my stomach do a backflip. Yeah, it wasn't big yellow balls, thank goodness. Well, they didn't have the color yellow back in 1943. It hadn't been invented yet. They didn't have the technology, for sure. No, neon, get out of here. No way. This movie actually opens up with a flash-forward uh, to modern times, aka the early 1990s. Yeah, 1992, presumably. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I will say before we get to the start of the movie, you know, I just want to say what my favorite part of the movie is. Ah. Uh-huh. So, because it, it relates back to the softball. When all the women are trying out for the league, one of the pitchers does a, like a softball pitch, and a man comes up to her and goes, No, honey, this is how you pitch. And he shows her how to throw a ball properly. And I went, Oh, I couldn't have, couldn't have done it any better myself. That's uh, that's amore right there. That that's a beautiful scene, and it sums up exactly my feelings about softball. Yeah, it, we could have probably gone a deep dive on that, like five seconds of the movie, and just done a whole podcast because we have a lot to say about softball, women, and the army. <laughs> yep. We hate softball, we love women, and we hate the army. Uh, we love the army. I love that God loves the army. I don't yeah. know how I feel about the army. Right, of course. Because we have a direct line to God being Adam and Steve, the OG original men, we know that he loves the army, and he is personally invested in every soldier's life, as well as celebrities who act well in movies and soccer players who kick balls good. He is invested in all... So when all those people do well, it is 100% because of God's interference. Yeah, That's why he made them rich beyond their yeah. wildest dreams and gave them so much they can't even count. Exactly. That's why soldiers are so rich. Yeah, the soldier of fortune. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't know much about this movie going into it. Obviously, I knew the famous line, there's no crying in baseball, which... I thought it was from, like, a fun scene, but then it turns out it's from, like, the most depressing, saddest scene in the movie. And I went, how did this line become famous? This is Tom Hanks screaming at a woman to the point where she starts crying, and then he screams at her some more, and then he gets kicked out of the game. I went, but this is a famous scene, I guess. People love this scene, apparently, even though it's cruel down to its core. Yeah, I, I love it, though. I like when a man <laughs> yells at a woman and doesn't stop. Right, because he's right. 
because he's correct. He knows more. He knows better. And he knows that there's no crying in baseball. And throw the friggin' ball where you're supposed to throw it. God. <laughs> Hit the cutoff, man. I mean, this man hit 58 home runs in a season. That's momentous. I mean, that's a record that hasn't been broken to this day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was... So, again, going into this movie, knew not much about it. And so the my my excitement was, like, overflowing when I saw the cast getting brought up on the screen and... You got Tom Hanks. You got Mensa's Gina Davis. You got Madonna and Rosie O'Donnell. And Love on the Rocks is John Lovitz? Uh, blown away by his appearance. Yeah, I I really like this is our second John Lovitz film. Yeah, after and, Love on the Rocks. Uh, Love on the Rock doesn't really utilize your typical John Lovitz acting, but this movie plays into it quite well i mean i think there's a, about as much john lovitz in both movies though oh yeah equal equal time for sure but he's trying way harder in this movie he's not just laying in bed filming a video on his cell phone he's really <laughs> there he's at he grew a mustache he's really acting yeah he he came up with the most beautiful accent ever um to uh portray this guy that has to go around the country pick up women for this new league that's about to start <laughs> just a hey what's your job i go around the country and i pick up women yeah. oh, well if cool. i had your job i'd kill myself <laughs> like that is i john lovitz is in this movie for such a short period of time but everything he says is a home run he is mm -hmm. so funny i have so many lines written down by him i was like so excited to see him the whole movie and then he just walks out of the movie at like the 10 minute mark and i went oh well maybe he'll come back nope we never see him we go, oh, okay fine john you did great though i i thought he did come back but i i didn't see him come back whatsoever and every line is biting but there's so many scenes in this movie that just have perfect lines and perfect interactions with uh each other it's it's a delight to see a script like this mm -hmm. it's well written penny marshall you done did it sister <laughs> of gary marshall oh we get perfect gary marshall in when he's talking about cutting the grass and stuff like that uh-huh yeah i love it I, I love that gary marshall just like like he's got a great line in this movie where he just goes Ah, you know, I love these girls, but I don't care about them. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're great, Gary Marshall. You you were living it up at that time. You're a chocolate mogul. Oh, he was living it, living La Vida Loca in the 1940s, just making so much money. His uh, everybody around him is just rich and fat. Oh yeah, and he he won't live much longer. But he's uh, is Gary Marshall dead IRL? Uh, yes, I believe he is. Well, Raven Power King, we miss you every day. Yes, he he is such a lovely old Jewish man and plays that, like, typical, uh, just, like, done-with-life man perfectly. Oh, especially right now. He is playing a man who is done with life <laughs> absolutely perfectly. Yeah, eight feet under. Because <laughs> six feet wasn't enough. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> John Lovitz. I mean, the first scorcher from John Lovitz comes when he's trying to recruit Gina Davis and her sister. And he's like, we'll give you $75 a week. And then the sister's like, well, we make 30 at the dairy. And he goes, well, 75 is more, isn't it? <laughs> Hilarious. You're great, John Lovitz. Mm -hmm. 
he has that like dumb broad era to everything he says, but he he doesn't mean it like that. Of course, he doesn't ever call anyone a dumb broad, but it's implied after every <laughs> sentence he says, even to the man he tells to kill himself. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, he he does want Dottie, the older sibling. Oh, who doesn't? That's good. Good looking, oh, great at baseball, the best. and then you have the young rat of a do- <laughs> of a sister that's not as good as baseball, looks like crap, and he doesn't want her. No, of course not. She might as well. She might as well be a Democrat. That's how much of a rat she is. <laughs> Perfectly interwoven with the Kevin Servo tweet of the week. You picked a good tweet. I gotta say, you picked a good one. She is like a little sister rat, though. She's always nipping at the heels and always whining and complaining. And it would be really easy to be annoyed with this character, but you and it is you're, you're faced with her enough that it's not as bad as you'd think. No, no, it's really easy to be annoyed with her. Of course, yeah, she's like well, she's the worst character in the movie. <laughs> I think it plays its part, though. Well, sure, of course. She she is a scrappy underdog who blames all of her problems on her bigger and better sister and just can't seem to get ahead, but that's her own fault. She's holding herself back mentally. If she just would let go of her, I don't know, her jealousy of her older sister, then she could have accomplished a lot more. But, you know, she's no Marla, I'll tell you that much. Oh, no Marla. Hitting dingers left, right. She could have been uh, Barry Bonds. Yeah, he only hit like 50 home runs in a season, I think. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Yeah, they were like, oh, he's getting close to Tom Hanks' record, but not close enough. Yeah, when he was going for the record, they were like, oh, man, he's so close to Tom Hanks. I love the idea of like Tom Hanks' record standing for like... 50 years and then Barry Bonds just hits 300 one season and they're just like oh my god what is happening to baseball the juice is loose (laughs) he's murdered his wife just kidding he was found innocent it's fine wait did his wife die of murder OJ Simpsons yeah 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 she was murdered by him probably (laughs) I was thinking Barry Bonds went through a similar (laughs) hey you know what we didn't do last week Mm. We didn't name all the baseball players we could think of. Jose Canseco. Uh, Jose Canseco. All right. Great segment. Hans Zimmer did the music in this movie. I was blown away by that. I didn't know that. Well, that's why there's all the... That's why there's all those big bongs in the movie. This was a huge deal. Like, you got the stars. You got the script. You got the Hans Zimmer. Yeah. What else did Hans Zimmer do? Like, Batman or something? I don't know. He did the bongs. That was his signature bra. Of course, yeah. I thought you were going to say, you got the stars, you got the stripes, you got forever. (laughs) America, baby. America, baby, yeah. There is that great shot where... I don't. I think it's when uh, Marla gets on the train and the doors close and there's just an American flag reflected in the windows, just waving gallantly. It was beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, a lot of people running after trains. Nobody can be on time for a train, apparently. Yeah, how hard is it to be on time? Jeez. <laughs> women. Yeah, women. <laughs> women be shopping. They do shop a lot. There's a lot of shopping scenes during this movie. Most of this movie, they say it's a baseball movie, but realistically, it's more of a shopping movie. It's mostly about shopping in the Jews. 1940s. Jews, yeah. <laughs> what did you say? Jews. I said Jews. Oh, I thought you said Jews. I thought you were talking no. about Gary Marshall again. No, I said Jewish man. 
Well, that's okay. Yeah, it's <laughs> fine. It's okay. Call him whatever you want. Just don't call him alive because he's not. He is in my heart. Of course. Forever. Mm-hmm. John Lovitz is revolted by Marla. Like, yeah. visibly recoils at the sight of her, which is very mean and very funny. Well, he's looking for lookers, and she ain't got it. She's got one in Gina Davis, though. Yeah, and they show Marla just hitting dingers in this very small gymnasium, <laughs> uh, hitting stuff through windows and um, getting thrown at by men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, real. She's hitting real baseballs. You know, thrown by men with real force behind them, not just lobbed in underhand like a softball. Well, it's because she has no neck muscles because she looks down all the time. (laughs) And that helps her swing through the ball. Right. Yeah. She broke her neck. And when they tighten, when they reattached it, they tightened the muscles too much. And now she's just got a killer uh, swing. Yeah. They should have definitely shoehorned that rookie of the year type storyline into her, her year. I'm her manager. <laughs> Love it. It's too bad we are we're not going to be able to do Rookie of the Year because that is a that's a top three best baseball movie. Oh yeah, for sure. Maybe I, the best. I've watched it way too many times though. That's the problem with that. Movie. I mean, what you love baseball? What would you say are your top three baseball movies? Um, I would have to say Rookie of the Year is up there. Mm-hmm. Um, full count, obviously full count right up there um another one that i can't name mm-hmm. for legal purposes right yeah the song and the dust. a league of their own of course beautiful perfect a perfect trio of movies yeah yeah and i'm a i'm a recent fan of the old ball game i really hated it for a lot of years and looked down on people who enjoyed it <laughs> i thought they were dumb stupid idiots yeah i would drive by ball diamonds and just call them all cucks to their faces yeah, get a real hobby, like Lucifer watching or That's something. That's right. Get a real pastime, America. Nope, too mm-hmm. bad. Too bad. Yeah, all the country's on notice. Oh, as they should be. It's about yeah. time. Someone put them on notice. Well, that's why Pickleball took over the last couple of years. Of course, yeah. Well, hey, are you John Lovitz talking about your wife? <laughs> yeah, give the wife the old pickle tickle and move on with my life. Yeah, and then go back to picking up women all over the country. <laughs> yeah, but that's his job. Of course, yeah. I mean, I do love that before John Lovitz walks out of the movie, we get this great line. He's leading Gina Davis and her sister and Marla out into like the the di- the ball diamond where they're going to be uh, trying out for the teams. He says, "Hey, cowgirl, see the grass? Don't eat it." It's a good burn. <laughs> it's it's a needless burn, but it's a good burn. Yeah, but that's his whole character, and it's just delightful. Yeah. Like, he starts off this movie on such a great role. And then leaves, and we never see him again. Yeah. And I, I broke my heart. I really thought he was going to come back at the end or something like that. Yeah, like be in the stands or something, or give somebody a hug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And be like, hey, you dames are all right. <laughs> or dress up like a female and play in the World Series finale. Oh, my God. Don't tease me, bro. That sounds awesome. I mean, apparently you can just join a team in the in the final game of the World Series and nobody will say boo about it. Well, if you're on the roster, there's no rules about dogs not being able to play baseball. That's true. If you're a Rasta, there's no rule that says you can't play baseball. <laughs> yeah, I want to see the rules where no men can apply. Right? That's sexist. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing like that in the movie where 
I don't know, like a Roberto Alomar shows up and is like, hey, I'm here to hit dingers with these ladies. Are any of them under 18? And they go, no, sorry, a man can't play. And he goes, well, that's, that's, that's sexist. That's sexism. Men should be able to play women's baseball. This brings me to my most important question of this movie. Has anybody checked Madonna's crotch? Does she For have what? a vagina? For what? Uh, Bush. Oh, back then? Oh, yeah, yeah. A lot of Bush. Gotta be. Gotta be. What, is she going to straight razor shave it? That's That was the only option. They didn't have electric razors back then. It was a. It was like you had to put cream and a straight razor and clean it up, but nobody had time for that. <laughs> nobody had time for that at all. No. So the teams get picked after the coaches make them do jumping jacks, make a whole field of women do jumping jacks while they all just look at them. That was pretty funny. That was uh, great. And they have to wear this really uh, nifty outfit. That's just a skirt. Yeah, for sure. I like that they all complain, and then the the manager goes like, well, there's a bunch of women getting on the bus right now who aren't playing who wouldn't complain, so what do you want to do about it? And they're like, all right, I guess we'll play in the skirts. I guess that's fine. Yeah, well, it's either that or go back to your, you know, softball teams in your local towns. Yeah, go back to your nothing sport that no one watches. (laughs) Uber. Got him. Uh, Rosie O'Donnell and Madonna are best buddies in this, and they're having the time of their lives. Uh, Madonna is very, very sexually charged. Really? Which, Madonna? Uh, I can't believe yeah. that. Uh, I think they probably got her on board for that. You know, it's kind of casting against type with that. I really like that. They really, uh, put their, they, she re- they really stuck their neck out for her. They truly did, but they wanted her to be on the soundtrack, so you gotta put her somewhere. She's on the soundtrack? I think she does the credit song. I didn't listen to that. I shut it off, like, before <laughs> the credits. I shut it off after I, the World Series. I don't care. I turned it up. Oh, I bet, hey? What did they put, like, uh, Papa Don't Preach at the end there? Yeah. Like a virgin or, I don't know, one of the Madonna hits? Yeah, but they turned it into a baseball song, so they oh. like like an umpire. <laughs> no, they got Weird Al Yankovic to come in and do it. <laughs> He's the best. He's the best. He's like a sturgeon. Yeah. That's a song, right? Like a sturgeon caught for the very first time? That's got to be it. Yeah. Yeah. I would have to agree. It's got to be. <laughs> I mean, they probably got Beautiful Stranger. That Everyone knows that's the best Madonna song. Is it? Yeah. I, I remember Madonna being so huge and everywhere. She was like the Elvis of the 90s. Yeah. And now where is she? Just dead? Did she die on the toilet? Probably. I don't know. I haven't seen hide nor hair of Madonna in 20 years, which, you know what, is fine. That's okay. Yeah. It's okay for... Someone to have their peak in the 80s and then not return. That's yeah. fine. That's great, actually. That's that's uh, you know, that's better. Let younger live your people, wife. Let other people. Let younger people take your place. That's the point of life. Is you do your thing, you grow older, a younger person replaces you. That's just how it goes. Oh, and they replaced her, all right. Of course, yeah. The weekend replaced her. <laughs> He's beautiful. Oh my God, is he ever? <laughs> Uh, so the teams are made, and of course, all the women that we've met in the movie up to this point are all on the same team, Gina Davis and all the other people. And then we get introduced to Tom Hanks playing a drunk piece of crap, and uh, hard to buy him as that. I, I read that he said this is his favorite role, but I it's just like... Tom Hanks is too charming to play like a scummy dude. And he does play them sometimes, but this whole movie, I was just like, I don't believe that this guy's like a, a trash dude. I, it's Tom Hanks. He's so charming. He's so nice. And he's 
kept up that uh, facade for many a year. <laughs> Being a drunk piece of crap, of course. <laughs> um, I I just love a healthy piss scene, though. And uh, the first time he comes into the dressing room with these ladies, he's got a barrel full of pee, <laughs> and he's just ready to let it loose. And they time it, which is really fun. But we never find out the time. What a shame. No. Well, I mean, they missed the first 30 seconds of it before Madonna goes, I need to watch. Yeah, I guess we could have timed it. I guess. I didn't know it was coming. I mean, you knew. You'd seen it before. So I, I put the blame on you. I was watching this with fresh eyes. You're right. I should have had a stopwatch, and I should have known the time. Exactly. Yes, thank you. I, I yep. love that when Tom Hanks comes in and starts peeing, Madonna's like, oh, what's the... Oh, <laughs> like she's like like attracted. She's drawn to the sound of piss. Like She's just like, oh, is this, is this a man urinating? Oh, hey, save some of that for later. <laughs> Well, a good healthy pee will make any woman aroused. She just has the balls to like <sighs> express it in a healthy way. Yep. Sorry, I gotta sneeze. <laughs> if you could sneeze again, that'd no, be I great. Can't. It's gone. Sorry. Uh, I know. I know. I know. I do love that. Once he's done, though, they go, "Well, boy, that was some good peeing." <laughs> and I wrote down, which is very wholesome. Well, and I wrote down, it's gonna be tough, tough to top that line. That's why didn't that line become famous? There's no crying in baseball. I mean, whatever. Boy, that's some good peeing. That should have been on shirts everywhere. Why wasn't that the famous line? They also make a meal out of him taking out and putting back in his donger. Like that, legit <laughs> takes three or four seconds each time. Well, probably because of how complicated the fly on those baseball pants are. <laughs> Yeah, it was fully cotton. Well, of course, yeah. It's like a it's like a maze with a minotaur in it. And you can probably guess who the minotaur is. But are, are they heavily implying that he has a big dick? I think it's maybe just implied that he's so hungover that he just like can't find it. <laughs> like he, he pulls one <laughs> so of his either or. Well he pulls one of his nuts out first and he's like, Oh crap, that's not what I need and he has to tuck <laughs> it back in and then pull his dinger out and then he does. Not my brain. <laughs> Not my bat wing. I don't want Madonna to see my bat wing. Crotch fun. Oh, boy. That was some good peeing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the team gets put together. I love that they run out onto the field for their first game, and the second they hit the field, the guy in the stands go goes, hey, lift up your skirt. <laughs> like, immediately. <laughs> like, one, yeah. not even one second into the game, and there's already a man being like, let's see what's under your skirt. <laughs> Just animals. <laughs> Yeah, they're laughing at them. As they're they um, just treating these women terribly, which is probably <laughs> accurate to the time. Yeah. <laughs> Although that one guy who's like rolls up his pants and is mocking them, that one blonde lady just beans him with a fastball, and that's pretty funny. That that got a pretty good laugh out of me. That's almost as funny as John Lovitz. Yeah, they they goody got him good, um, and then they get to play the game. Tom Hanks is just hung over and passed out in the bullpen. Yep. And I think he hears Gina Davis hit, hit a dinger and is like, oh, maybe they can play baseball. Oh, probably hears it and goes, I wish they would stop hitting dingers. My head is pounding. <laughs> Bunt. Do more bunting. Players. B balls. <laughs> Get more balls, ladies. Crowd the plate. Yeah, he, he yells crowd the plate a lot during these scenes. Oh, yeah, he's always – I mean, that's the main signal that he's doing. When he pulls his hat and touches his shoulders, it means crowd the plate. 
There's no crotch pulling during these signals, and that's a shame. Well, there is a lot of crotch pulling when he's hung over, lying on the bench. He's just, like, fingering his crotch like crazy. He can't <laughs> stop it. He's just fingering it the whole the second half of the game. Well, if you got big holes, use them. Amen to that. Yeah. Why wasn't that a famous line from the movie? Hey, if you got big holes, use them, they said to Madonna. Who knows the many lines that were probably cut out of this glorious movie? That's true. I do know that most, like, John Lovitz did have a bigger role in this movie, and they cut most of it out and kept just the zingers. Really? Yeah, he, yeah. That's what, I mean, I don't know. That's what IMDb trivia said, and that's mostly lies, so I, I have no idea. Did you read all the IMDb trivia or no. just half of it? Once I started scrolling and saw how small the scroll bar was, I was like, I'm not reading all of this. That's way too much <laughs> trivia. I don't care enough. I don't care that much. Did this win an Oscar or, like, it was probably nominated for women. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably nominated for Best Woman in Film. <laughs> yeah, they don't have multiple roles or scales or anything like no. that. It's just Best Woman. Well, in 1992, they didn't. Certainly not. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, of course. I mean, Madonna did win that year for Beautiful Stranger on the off the motion picture soundtrack for A League of Their Own. But, you know, I don't know if anybody else won anything. Did she really? I doubt it. I don't even. I didn't even know she had a song in this movie. <laughs> I. It looked like you were reading something off your computer. Oh yeah, my notes. Tom Hanks is furious <laughs> that he's coaching women. <laughs> Good note. Uh, some guy is mocking them, and one broad just drills him with a ball. Well, you yeah. know, notes. Notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we get to maybe my favorite scene in the movie, though, when they're when they're on the bus and that woman has to bring her kid with them, and that kid is just a little tyrant, and he runs up to the bus driver and covers his eyes while he's driving. <laughs> that was, yeah. like, legitimately hilarious. And he just, they keep cutting back and forth between, like, the kid doing that and then, like, the people on the bus freaking out, but the kid is still doing it. He covers the bus driver's eyes for, like, a minute, and he's just swerving all over the road very funny it, it's kind of a normal movie up until this point it's like normal lines good lines biting humor uh everybody's having fun and then evelyn asks tom hanks if she can bring her son with her and then you're just hard cut to the scene of him with chocolate smeared all over his face <laughs> yeah. runs up to the driver immediately and covers his uh, face and it's just pure mayhem. I laughed a lot during this scene. Oh yeah, so that's like that that laugh gets you all primed for a good laugh. Well, you have a good laugh with it, but it gets you primed yeah. for the humor and then the bus driver gets off the bus and, and like quits and their chaperone chases after him and he picks up a clump of dirt and from just like 10 inches in front of her just fastballs it into her face. <laughs> it's so good like the the covering of the eyes the mayhem yeah. the going all over the world uh road and this kid just loving it and you're like okay that was a funny scene mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then you get to see the bus driver just shove a bunch of dirt in this poor woman's face is just hilarious and it's not a shove it's a full-on throw oh yeah like i said he, he overhand fastball pitches a clump of dirt right into her face from like again just 10 inches away like he has to pull his arm back as he's throwing that's how close he is it's hilarious those two minutes like sold the movie for me yeah, yeah. It, it was such a delight and so fun to see. I mean, once, you know, I was already loving it with John Lovitz, and then he left. God, why isn't there, why doesn't he have a podcast called Loving It with John Lovitz? That's a great name for a show for him. 
it's beautiful, but he's making millions of dollars doing like cell phone movies. So <laughs> yeah, all the residuals he's getting for Love on the Rock, he's yeah. he doesn't have to work a day in his life after that. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that poor chaperone then gets poisoned later, not from the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> Truly gets poisoned. Yeah, they poison her. And they ask Madonna, like, how did you do it? She's like, I don't know. It's like, what do you mean you don't know? You poisoned her. She is not looking good whatsoever. It would have been funny if she's, like, not with them for the rest of the movie (laughs) and just, like, dead. Well, after, like, they poison her so they can sneak out and go to a bar. And then Gina Davis shows up and is like, we got to get out of here. And someone goes, oh, did the chaperone die? And I was really (laughs) hoping it was going to smash cut to a funeral. They're like, yes, the chaperone died. She puked herself to death. Thanks, Madonna. You're a hero. She is a hero. That murders. Like all good heroes. Exactly. Name a hero. They have a heck of a time at this bar. Oh, yeah. Man, dancing was crazy as frick back then. It's a skill. Dancing is a skill. Yeah, people talk about dancing now, and they're like, oh, it's just grinding. It's just, gr- it's just like it's just like daggering. That's all dancing is nowadays. But it's like, they're, they, he was just throwing Madonna like around his body like a hula hoop. That's crazy. How did, he get, how did they get so good at that? And don't get me wrong. I love me some grinding. I, I just yeah. can't get enough of watching human beings grind on the dance floor. Yeah. But take me back to a simpler time during the 40s. And that swing, baby. <laughs> Take me back to a simpler time when I had to learn extremely complicated dance steps and hope to God the woman I was dancing with knew them too so I could make her do a backflip between my legs and then, like, leapfrog over a man and do a standing front flip and spin a woman around my head like a basketball and take her home at the end of the night. Dancing in the 40s is what uh, karate is to Asians. Everybody knew how to do it. <laughs> In middle America. Well, we're cutting that out. (laughs) I feel like it's a good leave-in. All right. Well, hey, you said it, not me, so we'll leave it in. I don't care. It's your reputation, not mine. It's fine. Sorry, mixed martial arts. Thank you. Yes, that was the problem. (laughs) I, I had the thought, though, watching that scene, like, it's funny watching older movies like this because... If this movie was made nowadays, those soldiers dancing would have been played... Like, they would be little cameos by famous people. It would be like Oscar Isaac or Kevin Dillon or somebody like that would be in that dance scene. And you go like, oh, hey, Kevin Dillon, I love Johnny Drama. And then... and then, But we never see them again, right? Just be a little little fun thing to put in there. But in this, just a bunch of Joe Blows. So, just a nice, nice little thing. Yeah, they'd get some people like the cast of High School Musical or something to be the sailors and the yeah, dames. They'd get Corbin Blue to do it. Yeah, Corblund. Yeah, jump ins Corbin Blue. And there'd definitely be somebody like famous on stage uh doing the uh music yeah, and hundred percent there'd be somebody like they would the band that was playing in that club would have done the the ending theme song for the movie or something like it would have been like I don't know, like Marshall Tucker Band or something like that, or or uh, I don't know, some other band. Name another yeah. band. Good luck. <laughs> I can't. Exactly. You're damn right you can't. Did you think that... So Marla like falls in love with this guy named Nelson, and she's like drunk and singing to him. When he's like, I, I could take her home. I- it would be my honor to do that. I was convinced Nelson was a murderer at that point. This is how twisted movies have made my mind, where I was like, oh, this guy's going to murder this woman. But no, they end up getting married later on. But I guess the egg's on my face. 
I I thought it was a genuine uh, shot of affection, but I like I definitely have been programmed to think that somebody's like a nefarious murderer or raper or something like of that. Course, yeah. Like there's going to be a dark twist because you got to have a dark twist nowadays. You see a guy like Nelson, you go, he's got real Roberto Alomar vibes, and I just can't quite shake him. Yeah, with glasses. Roberto Alomar with glasses. Oh. If you see, if you see a fat guy in a bar with glasses, he's a murderer. Like in the likes of uh, Marla? Right? Yeah. She's a pug-faced dog woman. <laughs> I I was genuinely sad to see her go. Like, she's the best hitter. She's the best player. Yeah, she hits dingers. And then and then Gina Davis gets bumped up to best player. But, like, Marla was... She was... She was and how rude of Nelson to be like, you can't play baseball anymore. Yeah. Well, what are they going to do? Go on a honeymoon to Hawaii for five months? I guess you got to take the boat over there. And Yeah, they didn't have airplanes back then. No, they certainly didn't. No. That's how we won the war. Yeah. Beautiful. Oh, beautiful. Um, Nobody cares about their stupid baseball. <laughs> so no. the women have to start doing stunts in order to, like, attract people to come to the games. Like, they have to, like, kiss men and do the splits. And it's like, oh, that's a real shame that you got to become like the Harlem Globetrotters of baseball in order to attract people to your women's game. You got to pimp yourself out a little bit, I guess. Yeah. Uh, or else you're going to get shut down and you're not going to be able to play baseball. So I guess they play ball. Yeah. Hey, well put. Which is absolutely disgusting. They're under all this pressure. Their uh, husbands are off at war and could die at any moment. Um, nobody gives a crap about them playing sports. Mm-mm. And uh, now they got to pimp themselves out to get any sort of attention. <laughs> but it works. I mean, yeah. you know, I guess, like, the lesson here is, yeah, pimp yourself out. It works. Success. Yeah, sell out. Yeah, exactly. Get Gina Davis addicted to chaw. <laughs> Which is cool. The uh, Gina Davis and Tom Hanks start to bond. They, Tom Hanks uh, sees the love of ball and respects the good play of Gina Davis, and it really brings him out of his uh, drunk funk, and it really brings Gina Davis into a drunk funk. Yeah, yeah. she becomes a raging alcoholic addicted to chaw and uh, is too busy, you know, scratching her balls to play the game, and Tom Hanks becomes an all-star coach by the end of this movie. It's a real fall to grace, uh, rise to power situation. Of course. Gina Davis's character is weird in this movie, though. Like, she's just... She just is so ready to quit baseball at any given moment. Like, Tom Hanks is like, you would just walk away from all this? And she's like, yeah, I would just go back to my crappy farm and wait for my loser husband, who hopefully won't get killed in the war. Hopefully he won't get his foot shot off, and he'll still be able to work when he gets back. Oh, crap. Well, I think she suffers from some kind of anxiety disorder or something, even though she's the best at everything, because she doesn't like going to anything. Old her doesn't like going to the Hall of Fame yeah. to meet up with anybody when she's old. She doesn't want to go to this league. She doesn't want to go to the World Series. She's kind of a crappy character. Yeah, and she only plays for one season. She never comes back. She's like, I want to squirt out a bunch of kids. And they go, all right, well, we're going to go on and play baseball forever and have a great time. Enjoy living on a farm alone with five kids and a husband with no foot. Good luck with all that. This is why World War II was great, because it made women back home just so aching to push out a bunch of kids when their uh, soldiers came home, or whoever came home. Give birth to the greatest generation, the baby boomers. Thank you for your service. Thank you for everything. 
Thank you for the harvest. Yeah, <laughs> beautiful. Yeah, I I like when she's like on the bus sh- and she shows Tom Hanks that picture of her husband. And I went, oh yeah, Bill Pullman's in this movie, and I thought that was it. Like I thought it was just like because you see him in the cast at the start. And I'm like, oh, Bill Pullman. I like Bill Pullman, and then he's just a photo. And I went, oh. They, they didn't really need to, like, put his name in the credits if he's just a photo. That seems kind of unnecessary to be like, hey, get ready for some Bill Pullman. Well, kind <laughs> of. And then Bill Pullman comes home from oh, the yeah, war, injured by a stupid sniper. Um, and he's kind man? of a wet blanket. Like, he he just has no personality. I, I get that you don't want to take away from the ladies and the baseball mm-hmm. of it all, but he's just kind of, like, dumb. He has a dumb look on his face yeah. and he talks dumbly. Gina Davis should have ended up with Tom Hanks. Yeah. <laughs> or John Lovitz. <laughs> or John Lovitz. That would have been even better if he came back and was like, hey, that's get in my car. <laughs> Let's go have a pickle tickle with my wife. <laughs> there is a great line, though, in the like in the conversation between Gina Davis and Tom Hanks where she goes, have you ever been married? He says, yeah, twice. And she goes, any children? He goes, yeah, one of them was, yeah. I went, oh, you're a real Roberto Alomar. Okay, that's the last time I'll make that joke. <laughs> yeah, I felt like that was the one down moment of this movie was the child rape joke. When <laughs> Tom Hanks um, admitted he had married a child at one point because he was serious about it. Oh, he was very serious. And you, you could get away with that like nothing, like stealing a grape. <laughs> yeah, it's a victimless crime like stealing a grape. That's what you're saying, right? <laughs> well, certainly he thought that. Yeah, well, I, and I think that uh, stealing a grape is a victimless crime. It is, yeah. Good luck trying to stop me. I'm going to steal every grape in this store. Okay, then it becomes a crime. I wait until somebody's, like, working around me at a grocery store and look them in the eye and steal that grape <laughs> and beg them to do something about it. <laughs> I peel a banana right in front of them and I go, I'll eat, if, you, if you can't break eye contact, I'll eat this banana whole right in front of you. I take a hammer and crush open a coconut <laughs> and just slurp the milk right out of it. I shred, Do something. Shred heads of lettuce and just, like, <laughs> throw it in the air and go, good luck trying to stop me. Sir, I saw you take the grape, and that was fine, but this is getting way out of control. Where'd yeah. you get that hammer? Sir, I... I, I didn't mind when you stole the grape, but then you made a stir fry in the middle of the store and you told me you weren't going to pay for any of it. Bok choy is expensive. We we can't just eat that cost. Well, you had the hot plate. Stop selling hot plates if you don't want me to make a delicious stir fry. Of course. And we got a problem with the fact that you opened and used one of our hot plates as well. <laughs> and a pack of condoms. Well, of course. You got to keep your fingers dry. <laughs> Condoms are sentient, as we've talked about uh, <laughs> before. We? What? Yeah, that was during your, uh, you know, dentist days. We talked about how <laughs> condoms are sentient. Steve and I talked before the show about that episode, and listeners, like, it was a fever dream to me. I don't remember that episode at all. I don't remember recording it. I don't really remember what it was about. As Steve explained to me what we talked about, I felt like an angel was blowing in my face because it all started to come back to me a little bit, but I do not remember the sentient condom talk. That's uh, that's a new one for me. That's the one thing that this movie needed was uh, some kind of angel-like figure, some kind of, uh, you know, Baker Vance, if you will, to sure. blow in somebody's face. Yeah, a John Lovitz, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> well, Madonna is in a church... Uh, giving up her sins to a priest, uh-huh. and uh, you you really don't know if she blew in his face or not, 
Or a scratch. No, certainly not. She comes out of that uh, confessional booth, and her nips are just busting out of her sweater. And I was like, Madonna, damn, girl, you're in church. Calm down. Calm down. Calm down. Take a cold shower. Nope, take a warm shower. And that's one of two church scenes? Yeah, I don't remember what the other church scene is, though. I think they're just, like, there. They're just praying, and they're like, oh, we gotta go! They're just wasting their time, in other words. I felt like this movie uh, could have been a little tighter if they removed some of those short in-between scenes. Like, I get aesthetically you want to set up the next scene, give some the audience a break, but, like, there's a couple of scenes that just don't need to be there. Like, the father talking about buying his girl a steak after the World Series... Yeah. That was weird and a bad actor. <laughs> and, like, the fact that him and the scalper just laugh about it. I'm going to buy my daughter <laughs> yeah. a steak. And they're like, <laughs> like, all right, all right. Why is that funny to you? I don't understand. Uh, what's happening here? Honestly, they should have taken out the start and the end of the movie. Like, get rid of the modern day stuff. You don't need that. It's so unnecessary to be like, and then all you have to do is put a little title card at the end that says, and then one day the women were put in the Hall of Fame. Whatever. Who cares? Yeah, they were put out to pasture in 1954, and then they eventually got in uh, the Hall of Fame because some people complained. I guess, yeah. Has anyone seen my new <laughs> red hat? Oh, piss on your hat. <laughs> One of my favorite lines. Piss on your hat. A lot of a lot of pee, a lot of pee humor in this movie, and I am here for it. Oh yeah, like uh, just a long, huge, drunken pee should be in every movie. Yeah, I mean, it's in this movie. It's in Austin Powers. The end. Two yeah. perfect movies. Two of my favorite movies of all time. I, like, I really do think I've seen Austin Powers' International Man of Mystery more than, like, any other movie. Like, I think yeah. I think it's it's one of my most watched movies ever. Well, it's, it's that movie and D2, The Mighty Ducks, for me. That's a good one. And, of course, Rookie of the Year. You'd mentioned that you'd watch that one a lot. Yes, very much. But only for uh, Funky Butt Lovin'. Uh, <laughs> did, he, did you say Funky Butt Lovin'? <laughs> it's a great scene. I know, it is a great scene. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Betty Spaghetti's husband's dead. Bill Pullman shows up with a blown off foot. Uh, I don't know. Tom Hanks signs a baseball for a kid and says, avoid the clap. You know, fun stuff. <laughs> avoid the clap. <laughs> well, I love the clap. Jimmy Dugan. Who the hell's that? Your name's Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah, throws it back at him. Sign it right. <laughs> Erase it and sign it right, Tom. <laughs> Thomas. Once Bill Pullman shows up, uh, you know, Dottie wants to leave with him and go make babies right away instead of just, yeah. like, finishing seven games of the World Series. Like, she's such a – like, everyone loves Dottie, but she just screws her team over at every – at any chance she gets – she encourages trading her sister away because her sister's jealous of her, so they do. She quits the team when her husband comes back instead of being like, just come with us for, yeah, like you said, seven more games. Just hang out for a little while. We worked so hard to get here. I'm the best player on the team. If I leave, my team's going to be in trouble. But who cares? Well, Bill Pullman can still have sex with you and put his seed inside of you. All you have to do is lay there. <laughs> yeah, all you have to do is run the bases. <laughs> First base, second base, <laughs> home run. She says That's that why lot. she's so good at baseball. Of course, yeah, absolutely. She skipped all the ladies' uh, demure classes. <laughs> I want those classes. I want to act like a lady. You could take them. 
Watch this yeah, movie. Keep your legs together. I tell you just this. Just do a Nazi salute the whole time. <laughs> I tell you this every week, but keep your legs together, all right? <laughs> I got to start wearing pants is the problem. Well, yeah. Finally, in the last game of the season, the it comes down to the, you know, back and forth. The team that uh, Kit, the rat sister, got traded to. Kit the rat, as they call her in this movie. Kit the Rat gets traded to another team, and it comes down to her team versus the Peaches in the in the World Series of Women's Baseball. And uh, six games go by. The series is tied. It's the final game. Game seven. The perfect ending to any any season of sport when it comes down to the very last possible game. The very last out. The very last inning. Mm-hmm. And Kit is up to play because she's on the other team now. And Dottie is behind the plate and tells the pitcher to feed her fastballs high and tight because she she can't hit them. No, and she didn't learn the lesson about crowding the plate, so just throw it high and tight. I also love that, like, Tom Hanks absolutely hates that kid that's hanging around the team. Like, Mm -hmm. he he threatens to kill him with a bat. At one point, he full-on just overhand throws of catcher's mitt and it hits the kid square in the face and Tom Hanks responds by going, Aha! I hit that kid! He's like so <laughs> excited. He like grabs one of the other players like, did you see that? I hit that kid right in the face! And the kid's fall is really bad. Like they should have taken a couple more takes of that. Yeah, they should have hit the kid a few more times is what you're saying. The problem is he can only hit a kid so many times. It's in his contract only once. Well, yeah, I mean, spanking is abuse. So hitting a child in the face with a ball glove is certainly abuse. Ah, those ball gloves were so soft and full of spit, it barely hit them. <laughs> and oil. Yeah. Oh, so many oils. <laughs> so much oil. Uh, Tom Hanks prays for the team before the game starts. A beautiful prayer. I wrote it down. Do you want to hear the prayer? Yes. Lord, hallowed be thy name. May our feet be swift. May our bats be mighty. May our balls be plentiful. Our balls. Lord, I just want to thank you for that waitress in South Bend. You know who she is. She kept calling your name. These are good girls, and they work hard. Help them see it through. And God goes, no problem. I got you covered, Tom. (laughs) Well, spoiler alert, but that's why they lose the game is this prayer. Well, no, they lose this game because Gina Davis throws the game. You think she uh, dropped uh-huh, that ball on purpose? Uh-huh, a hundred percent. I think she dropped that ball on purpose. A hundred percent. It really they don't. They don't allude to it much. Like you should be playing that fact in the watcher's mind a little bit, but they don't. All they had to show was like so. It comes down, like like uh, Steve was saying, comes down to Kit the Rat, and it's the last play, and she hits the ball, and runs, uh, gets a home run, or is running back, to, and then they throw the ball, and Gina Davis is the bat catcher, so she, she ha- catches the ball, but then Kit the Rat slams into her and knocks her down, and then you just see the ball, like, you just see her let go of the ball. She just lands on the ground and then lets go of the ball, and it rolls out of her hand. She 100% threw the game so her sister could be the victor and be the hero. Hollow victory. <laughs> well, that's certainly what the whole movie sets up, but I disagree. Yeah. Well, then, you're, then you weren't watching the same movie as I was. That's very true. I, I definitely wasn't. I mean, Kit is having a full-on meltdown during that game. Like, she, as soon as her sister shows up, because Gina Davis just shows up out of nowhere. She just shows up, 
like in the bat catcher's position somehow. It's a she's an angel. John Lovett shows up. He's the bat catcher. She saved her husband in the war and only made uh, the sniper shoot him in the butt. <laughs> and only made uh, the sniper kill seven other men to save her husband. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she that was her deal with the devil. Yeah, exactly. Just please, devil, just kill seven men and shoot my husband's foot off. That's you can have his foot. I'll give you his foot, but. Just I I sacrifice seven men to you so that he may return home safely. That would have been a great scene. I mean, did they have seven children? Maybe repopulate. Of course, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's why she wanted to get home and get frickin' because she was like, "Well, I owe the devil a blood debt, so I can't be playing baseball. I need to be pumping out kids." Blood debt. We should have a blood debt. Sure, we'll figure it out. Uh, And then yeah, so then they lose. Because Gina Davis throws the game, so her sister... She screws over all of her friends so her sister can have a little moment of victory that she doesn't really earn. Congratulations, you're a hero. And then you get to watch uh, women in their 70s play baseball for the rest of the film. (laughs) Yeah. And then credits. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, the credits, congratulations. I will say, though, the casting of the women in, like, the old women is pretty good for, like, you know, compared to their young counterparts. Like, the woman who plays Madonna's character looks like an old Madonna if she didn't get a bunch of surgery done on her face. And, like, yeah. the Gina Davis looks a lot like Gina Davis, even though it's not her. And, you know, like, yeah, it's it's well done. Old Madonna looks so perfect. Uh, like, the teeth are exactly the same. Like, the hair, I mean, they do a lot of makeup and stuff to, like, make that connection. But you can see at the core that these people look exactly what a 70-year-old version of those ladies would be. Kit the Rat. Kit the Rat's older version looks identical to Kit the Rat's. Great, great casting. Too tall. But other than that, absolutely perfect. (laughs) Yeah, boo, garbage movie. Too tall, Kit the Rat. Cut her off at the knees. Kit the Rat. (laughs) I will say uh, the only thing I really liked about the the like the flash forward at the end was the beautiful Gatorade hat that that one woman was wearing. I wanted that Gatorade hat so bad, so pristine. Like they must have paid a nickel and a dime to have it in this movie. Oh yeah, because it uh, it was very apparent. Yeah, it's very much. There's two Gatorade hats in the movie, and that's the one. But that's the one that has like. The white with the perfect orange Gatorade logo and then all the, like, blue, weird 90s crap on the back of it. That's a great hat. If anybody has that hat, send it to pureboyspod at gmail.com. <laughs> exactly. And uh, also drink salt. It's beautiful. It is. Steve, what did you think of A League of Their Own, 1992? Well, I I really enjoyed uh, watching this movie. I haven't seen the full mo- movie in all its glory in a very long time. Uh, so it was just uh, a great time to let that pee scene wash all over me. Uh, I feel like we ran into this earlier with a different movie where you watch just like a really good movie and it's hard to talk about because you can't. <laughs> Because it's just a good movie. Yeah, for sure. Um, but other than that, I, I really enjoyed this viewing, and I'm glad we uh, watched it. Adam, what did you think of A League of Their Own? Well, all I have to say about this movie was, boy, that was some good peeing. I the made pee. a comment earlier oh, tonight crap. that uh, I guess uh, went out over the air that I am deeply ashamed of. If I have hurt anyone out there, I can't tell you how much I say from the bottom the of my heart. I'm so very, very sorry. I pride myself and think of myself as a, a 
man of faith as there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. Play ball! I wonder how Castellanos is doing these days. He's still hitting dingers. 